0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Writing in the Jerusalem Post earlier this week, Sam Hyde notes that while we all agree that anti-Semitism is bad, we can't necessarily say the same about anti-Zionism. Rather, he argues, anti-Zionism is seen as just as a just cause and as part of standing up for human rights but he questions whether the roots of anti-Semitism and anti zionism are indeed the same. Sam is a political journalist and an Israeli rights activist based in Tel Aviv, and he joins me now to tell me more. Sam, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thanks, Sharice. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: Sam, you were involved in Holocaust education. Can you tell me a little bit about
0: that? Sure. So I studied through the Cape Town Holocaust Center, anti-Semitism as well as the Holocaust as a particular event. And I volunteered as well to take um, children through the museum and uh, teach them on the atrocities of the Holocaust, understanding anti-Semitism at a a deeper level and at a grander scale. And um, I also went on an educational tour with the Johannesburg Holocaust Center. Um, back when I was still living in South Africa to Poland and we did a we did an academic tour basically on the symbolic memorialization of the Holocaust and how it's been successful.
1: We see Holocaust education as an important way of combating anti Semitism. That somehow if people realise the horror of the Holocaust and the the effects that words have and orchestrated genocide can have on a community. We can learn from those lessons. Do you agree?
0: I definitely agree. I do think, however, it's not enough. Um, I think that us as the Jewish community um, have done an incredible job at being able to do that. I think if you look at cities around the world, there's there's a, almost a Holocaust center in every city around the world, and I think that's incredible. And they're self-funded by the Jewish community, and they've been established by the Jewish community, I think that's absolutely remarkable that the small, tiny population of like 0.02% of the global population have managed essentially to do that. I don't think that it's simply enough. I think that, uh, unfortunately, the non-Jewish world have started to view anti-Semitism through the eyes of Hitler and Nazism, and I think that anti-Semitism, it's a shape-shifting worldview. That, in my opinion, that turns the Jewish collective into whatever given society hates or fears most at at any particular time. So if we view uh, anti-Semitism strictly through the eyes of the Holocaust, we see anti-Semitism through the eyes of white supremacy. We see anti-Semitism through the eyes of uh, right-wing fascism. However, anti-Semitism, especially today, is as prevalent and strong on the left Um, through the means of anti-Zionism. So we need to understand less about one particular incident and more about how that particular incident was able to happen. I also think it's very noteworthy to start educating at the same level that we educate the Holocaust on what happened to the Ethiopian Jews. I think we also need to educate, especially, it's very important as well, what happened to Jews in the Arab states during the 1940s and 1950s. There was almost a million Jews ethnically cleansed out of the Arab states. And I think that that's a very important in the current uh, situation we're in, especially with the current status quo of how uh, people view the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I think it's very important to note that uh, just a few decades ago, um, there was uh, one and a half million Jews in Arab states. And today there's only 10,000 10, if you combine all of them. Where are the Jews? What happened to them? Now not many people can answer that question. So I think that's a problem. The Holocaust wasn't the only genocide of Jews as well. And while I think what we're doing with the Holocaust is phenomenal, I think that it is slightly, could be slightly short-sighted to solely focus on that as our viewpoint of what anti-Semitism is.
1: And I think we can all agree that anti-Semitism is wrong as any form of racism is wrong.
0: Sure.
1: That's a no-brainer. Okay. When we bring Israel and Zionism into it. There are different dynamics, historical dynamics, because at the end of the day, there are two competing narratives as to a piece of land. And somebody saying, well, you don't understand my narrative, or you don't really understand the history, is a counterproductive argument, I find, when dealing with the Middle
0: East. I think that there's two approaches to this. I think that we need to engage on a deeper level Um, For example, something that I will definitely be doing here as my work in Israel with Palestinians on the ground at working together to stop seeing each other as the enemy to each other's story. I think that's an important thing. Um, Something I've realized more and more as I've been here is that um, the polarization between Israelis and Palestinians is not as great as everyone makes it out to be in Western media, for example. There are a lot of Palestinians who want to talk, who are doing activist work, who want to get through to the other side. They can't necessarily all the time because they have c- certain censorship laws on them against the uh, Palestinian Authority. For example, if I meet with a Palestinian activist and I want to post a photo with him, if he's living in uh, the West Bank or in Gaza, um, I'd essentially need to blur out his face. Because if the PA find out that, you know who it is, they'll literally bring him in and torture him. In Israel, we don't have that problem. No one is stopping us meeting with essentially our Palestinian cousins. However, um, I do think that um, I will state unequivocally that I think anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, which is what I go into in the article and I explain how um, anti-Zionism functions in the same capacity as anti-Semitism. And and I think that 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 is also a a point, you know, when, when we are teaching the Holocaust, yes, we do teach how it, how it happened, but we, we focus when people leave, they, they kind of leave with, I can't believe six million Jews died. I can't believe how a society vied for six million Jews death. Now, the minute people can understand the difference in that, people can then look at anti-Zionism and see exactly how it's rooted in the exact same Anti-Semitic tropes that have been used to expel and murder Jewish people over millennia. You know, we need to focus less on the what's and more on the how's. But yeah, when it comes to Israel-Palestine today, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge, uh, with the competing narratives, that's for sure. And I think you've got to also pick your debates on who you, who you're debating, for example. That's probably the most difficult thing right now.
1: It's a valid point because when when we have debates in South Africa and we, we're just so fresh off the last war that took place in May and, and many of us are still feeling quite um, tender and vulnerable after an uprising of hatred towards the Jewish community that, that occurred within certain communities, we're not going to win the hearts and minds of those who already have a very strong position. But there must be millions of South Africans who don't really understand the conflict and who may still – be influenced by debate, sure. or do you? Or first, my first question is: Do you think those who are undecided are narrowing, or do you think it's still a large majority?
0: I think that uh, it is narrowing. I think that that is what is part of the greatest problem, actually, that we're facing. And I think that essentially, even debating with people that are hard set on their ideas, as I am on mine. Right, I, I am on the Jewish Zionist narrative. That's how I identify. It doesn't mean though that I'm not prepared to sit with a Palestinian, hear his point of view, hear his, his or her pain and suffering and be able to relate to that and sympathize with that and explain my point of view. And I've seen it happen many a time where the walls drop. And I think that what, what people need to understand is that the injustices that both people are facing is terrible due to the war but we also need to solve what are the goals or the aspirations let me rather say of both people and interestingly the aspirations of actual palestinians and israelis that actually live here don't contradict each other it's the aspirations of people in the diaspora Okay, and I'm not even saying Jewish and Arab communities in the diaspora. I'm actually focusing more on the non-Jewish world who have invested themselves and almost um, engaged themselves in the middle of this conflict, which I think is uh, dangerous to the point where it is their it is their opinions and their narratives that are the ones driving us apart. Specific. Uh, celebrities, I can use, for example, in the States over the recent conflict, right? You know, with all due respect, uh, I feel like everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But this conflict is a century-old conflict that rests on multiple issues of history, statehood, geography, uh, receding empires, uh, ethnicity, tribes, theology, and religion. And you can go on and on and on and on. And 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 really, when you've got a platform, um, you know, I'll make mention of Bella Hadid because uh, I think that's a well-known one. Uh, when you've got a, a social media platform that, just on Instagram, she's got um, five times more followers than the entire global Jewish community, I think that it's it's totally okay if you want to support the Palestinian cause. No one's saying you can't. Uh, but if you're doing it uh, with um, an anti-Semitic tropes uh, behind it, and you're uh, adding to the divisiveness of the situation. Honestly, I can almost guarantee you that uh, the, the topics that I just brought up on the lenses of which to view the conflict, Bella Khadid doesn't know how to view the conflict through one of those lenses. She knows how to view the conflict maybe through casting, you know, a mirror of race relations in America onto the conflict, because that's her experience. And that's fine. That's your experience. But you've But you can't superimpose that onto the Israeli and Palestinian people. It's dangerous and divisive. So that's kind of where I stand on that. I think anyone who's speaking from the outside, and by that I don't mean diasporic Jews or Arabs, I think have an innate responsibility in this, To if they are going to speak, to really know what they're talking about. And I see that my generation, unfortunately, are not interested in reading a book. They would rather be... Drawn in by a three-sentenced meme on Instagram, and I think that that is a grave, grave problem. Because I can write the three-sentenced meme on Instagram, that can attract attention, and make people, if I wanted to, anti-Palestinian. That's not my goal, but I could do that. And um, what is that doing? That's make, making the the divide deeper. We're not moving towards, you know, any form of peace or two-state solution, however you want to look at. What, what, what a peaceful solution would be. I think that it's a generational problem. I think that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict shows the greater generational problem of our time. I think it's, it's, it's a reflection of that.
1: Um, I love the way you describe the conflict in all well, its multiplicity and just highlighted that that was just the beginning of it because it is such an incredibly, you know, complicated yeah. problem, uh, conflict with so many different layers. And I'm also pleased that from your generation, have noticed that there are differences in the way
0: the war is being
1: fought. And I'm pleased that as a young person you're taking up the cudgels to fight. Uh, We don't have time for anything more, but um, you write incredibly beautifully. I enjoy reading what you write, so keep at it. And um, if anybody would like to be in touch with you, is there anything they should
0: do? I'm on Instagram at Samuel Joshua Hyde. Uh, so it's just my name. That should be easy to find. And then um, you can email me if you want to Samuel Joshua Hyde at gmail.com. So you just have to remember Samuel Joshua Hyde and then you'll be able to find me on most um, things.
1: So Samuel Joshua Hyde, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: That was Sam Hyde, political journalist and Israeli rights activist based in Tel Aviv.